Welcome to the Payoff Pitch on Fanimal Radio. I'm your host, Paul Valley, and the Orioles and the rest of Major League Baseball schedule has been released this week. The Orioles open their season, their 60-game season, on the road in Boston for three games, and then they head down to Miami to play the Marlins for two games before both the Orioles and the Marlins come up to Baltimore for the Orioles' home opener against the Miami Marlins on Wednesday, August 25th. As the schedule breaks down, it looks like the Orioles against Boston have four games at home and six on the road, six at home against the Yankees and four on the road, seven at home against the Rays and three on the road, three at home against the Blue Jays and seven on the road. They split six games, three in Baltimore, three in D.C. with the Nationals. They split four games, two in New York and two in Miami with the Marlins and the Mets. They play the Braves three times in Baltimore, and they play the Phillies three times on the road. They also have a matchup on July 20th. It's a, um, I guess, spring training game. It's an exhibition game, a summer camp game. On July 20th, they play in Philly. Then they come home and they play the the Nationals in Baltimore on the 21st, and then they play the Nationals in D.C. on the 22nd before ramping things up that Friday, the 24th, in Boston. So that's how your schedule breaks down. They do have a 10-game homestand from August 14th to the 23rd, in which they play the Nationals, the Blue Jays, and the Boston Red Sox. Their longest road trip is seven games immediately following that, where they play the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays before coming home to play both New York squads to open the month of September. And it's going to be an interesting season. It's a truncated season. You have 60 games being played. I know we've talked about it at length uh, in past episodes. The Orioles are starting this season tied for first place with 60 games to go. And that's something that really, you know, from 2012 to 2017, we could really talk about the Orioles playing the late months of the summer, being com- playing competitive baseball. But 2018 2019, and it wasn't expected in 2020, the Orioles not competitive in July, August, and September, even though they were a 500 ball club for the month of July last year. It's going to be an interesting stretch. Look, the Orioles are without Trey Mancini. Their starting pitching is questionable. That bullpen posted the second worst ERA in the history of baseball last year. And the offense is Chris Davis really back is he going to be the hitter that he's shown to be in spring training what they've seen in the summer workouts so far is are are players like Dwight Smith Jr. and Anthony Santander or maybe Ryan Mountcastle going to be able to pick up the slack for the loss of Trey Mancini who's become the face of the franchise who had stage three uh, colon cancer and he's going to be out the entire season these are questions that we're not going to have answers to but we think we already know the Orioles are arguably the worst team in baseball, and you know it, it pains me to say it, but I'm not here to lie to you. I'm not here to sugarcoat things. They're not going to be a good baseball team. Now, Richie Martin said that he feels like teams are underestimating the Orioles. I, Richie, I, I love your enthusiasm, but let's be honest here. Teams are just estimating the Orioles. They're not underestimating them. They're not. What are you supposed to say, right? You, you play on a team that has the worst record in baseball the last two years, yeah, you're not going to come out there and say we expect to lose every game. You come out there and say we expect to be competitive. So I understand where he's coming from, but it's so highly unlikely. I think it's something like 12,000 to 1, the Orioles' odds to win the World Series. Don't quote me on that, but it's, it's, it's a ridiculous number because they're just 
they're in the beginning stages of a rebuild. They're probably three, maybe even four years away from being a really competitive baseball team again. So, again, I like Richie Martin's enthusiasm, but I just don't, I don't see it. Alex Cobb said that he felt something special was brewing uh, down in spring training when the, when the season got shut down. You know, these guys, I, I like the fire. Uh, I just, I don't see it. Now, the Orioles have been in summer camp since last Friday. They've done all their COVID testing. Ominous in their absence is our Dwight Smith Jr. and Anthony Santander. The Orioles are not divulging who tested positive, but these guys haven't been seen at the complex. They haven't been seen at Camden Yards, anywhere on the field. They haven't been seen working out. We know Dwight Smith is in Baltimore because he was uh, talking about his charities in Baltimore recently on social media. And Mike, Mike Elias said in his comments that you can infer a lot of things, but he's not going to come out and say who's tested positive, who had false negatives. I think we're looking at Santander and Dwight Smith Jr. tested positive for COVID. Now, that's purely speculation on my part. I'm not a doctor. I'm not there. I'm not privy to what's going on. But the fact that you haven't seen them on the field and they, they weren't dealing with any injuries, you have to believe that these guys tested positive for COVID-19, which better to test positive at the beginning of summer camp so that you're only going to miss 14 days and you can come back and join your club and you can play the rest of the season. So I'd rather it happen now rather than later on the, in the year. And you're expecting Santander and Dwight Smith Jr. to get a lot of playing time because of Trey Mancini being out. And you don't really know what you're going to get from DJ Stewart because he had off-season ankle surgery back in October. He wasn't going to be ready for opening day. But now he's had three, four months to recover from that since spring training. But you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And this is kind of a make-or-break year for um, – Oh, my God, I just forgot his name that quick. For DJ Stewart. I can't believe I forgot his name that quickly. A brain lapse. Uh, it's a make-or-break year for him. He's a former first-round pick. I believe he was drafted 25th overall by the Orioles. The same year they drafted Ryan Mountcastle, 37th in, with a supplemental pick back in 2015. DJ Stewart's got to put up or shut up. This is his last opportunity, in my opinion, because there's guys knocking the door down at the minor league level, and there's only so many outfield spots for guys. So he needs, he needs to show that on-base percentage ability that he showed at Florida State in college. He needs to show some of that power that he had at AA a couple of years ago when he had 20 homers and 20 stolen bases. Big time make or break year for DJ Stewart. And it sucks that it's only in 60 games. He's not going to get an elongated evaluation. But like I said, you got to put up or shut up. And speaking of putting up or shutting up, I want to throw a little bit of shade at Masson right now, the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, because this is the Orioles television network. They air Orioles games, they, or they air Nationals games. There is no reason that they shouldn't be televising every home spring training game every year. Every game that gets played in Sarasota should be on television. Right now, there are no sports on television. The Orioles have an intra-squad game tonight, Wednesday night. And Wednesday night, what's it say, the 8th, July 8th? So they have, a, they have an intra-squad game tonight. Tommy Malone and Tom, Thomas Eshelman are pitching tonight. And you, we can't watch it. And now, look, you would never think that you're going to be able to watch an intra-squad game on television, but you look at the, uh, the Yes Network that airs all the Yankees games. They aired the Yankees intra-squad game last night. There's no other sports to watch. And people are dying to watch anything competitive. I mean, I was watching a cornhole tournament 
the other day. I've watched old tapes of curling, okay? People are dying for sports. We need to see something. And look, if you're going to make people have to pay $150 a month cable bill just to be able to watch Masson because you don't offer a streaming service, nobody's watching your network for... 1992 Maryland Terrapins basketball games and college soccer. Nobody's watching your network for that. People are watching for Orioles and Nationals games. Air the games. Air the practices. Air the intra-squad games. What else do you need to air? People don't care if it's not the Orioles or the Nationals on Masson. I'm not going to say people don't care about other sports because clearly they do. But on Masson, we come there to watch one thing and one thing only, and that is Major League Baseball. Stop depriving your fans. And if you're not going to air the intra-squad games and all the spring training games, then you need to get a streaming service. You need to offer a streaming service so people won't have to pay $150 Comcast or Fios bill every month just so they can watch Orioles baseball. Times are evolving. Technology is evolving. It's, it's amazing what you can do in the palm of your hand now. And the fact that, look, it's just like when we had sports coming into high definition. Masson was one of the last sports networks to air games in high definition. And even then, it was only half the games at first that were in HD before they finally, probably 2011 or 2012, went to full-time HD. It's unacceptable to be this far behind the curve on everything, technolo technologically speaking. People have Masson to watch the Orioles and watch the Nationals. Stop depriving them. Stop making them pay a $150 cable bill just so they can watch your network. Charge 10 12 Hell, charge 15 bucks a month. Orioles and Nationals fans are going to pay that so that they don't have to. It, it's 10% of what they would be paying otherwise to watch your network. Cut the crap. Get the streaming network. And if you're not going to get the streaming network, air every possible Orioles and Nationals content that you can possibly air because that's all we're tuning into your station to watch. Now... I want to end the show. It's a shorter show this week because, honestly, we, we run out of things to talk about. We haven't had any games. There's only been some practices. We already talked about the draft. I already aired my, my grievances about the Hall of Fame in the last couple of episodes. So it's a bit of a shorter show today, a, bit, a little bit of easy listening for you. I'm going to end it on a positive note. The Orioles have agreed to terms with five of their six draft picks from this past year, most recently – Signing was Anthony Cervadeo, the shortstop out of the University of Mississippi. Uh, the Orioles' third-round pick, he was a 74th overall pick. Slot value was $844,200. The Orioles gave him $950,000. They paid him $100,000 and some change over his slot value. Does that mean that's what he was asking for? Did the Orioles say, hey, we have a little bit of money left over. Let's just throw this dude a bone? Because they can't spend it on anything else. It's allotted for the draft. You know, I honestly, I don't, I don't know, but good for him for getting almost a million dollars as a third-round draft pick. Also signing was Kobe Mayo. Now, he's, he had an agreement um, pretty much right after the draft concluded. He had an agreement for $1.75 million. He officially signed his deal with the Orioles yesterday. Uh, if you didn't know anything about uh, Kobe Mayo, he was actually on Good Morning America while I was on vacation last week because he went to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, a high school down in Florida, that had that mass shooting where 17 faculty and students were killed. And he said that in, that in that interview with Good Morning America that he used that as motivation because he felt like if he can bring awareness by using his celebrity and by 
you know, becoming something bigger to bring attention to that school he wanted to do it. And good for him. He made himself a fourth-round draft pick coming out of high school, got more money than the Orioles' third-round draft pick, got more money than the Orioles' second-round draft pick, $1.75 million for a, a high school third baseman who has one of the best arms in the draft and one of the best power bats in the draft for going's commitment to Florida. The Orioles signed him. He could be your third baseman in about four or five years. Young kid, 17, 18 years old. So you're, you're not going to see him. It's, it sucks that he's not going to get the chance to develop his skills this year. He's going to have to wait till next spring to really start his professional career. But good for the Orioles for getting him under contract, getting a guy with that kind of talent who could be a, a coup for this, uh, for this club in the future. Uh, the, so the last guy that remains unsigned is Carter Baumler, fifth rounder out of Dowling Catholic High School in Iowa. He referred to himself, if you heard me talk about it in previous shows, referred to himself as more athletic Zach Granke. Uh, he has an agreement for $1.5 million. He just hasn't signed that yet for going his commitment to, I believe it was, um, uh, you know what? Oh, Texas Christian University, TCU. I was thinking Tulane, but that's where Hudson Haskin, the third, the second round pick, went. Uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a commitment to TCU, but he's foregoing that to play with the Orioles. Says he's a more athletic. Um, Zach Granke, really, really refined Pretty much perfect delivery, a really repeatable delivery, very clean, throws hard. He has three-plus pitches, developing a fourth pitch. I believe it's his changeup. Another guy that could be a steal, another guy who made more money than the second, third, and fourth-round draft picks for the Orioles. So really close to having all six guys under contract and really adding some, some decent talent to this team that's already made a serious jump. If you recall, the Orioles started 2019 28th in farm system rankings, and they jumped all the way up to ninth in some pu- publications in the span of a year. A huge jump. These guys are only going to make the Orioles jump that much higher. The, um, and before we go, the taxi squad, the not taxi squad, there's a taxi squad for the three men that get to come on road trips in case the Orioles need extra players. One has to be a catcher. But right now the Orioles have 45 men in summer camp. They have 15 other guys that they can announce yet. They haven't announced their satellite location which is either going to be Bowie or Aberdeen. I'm thinking it's going to be Bowie. Um, but you're going to see Heston Kerstad, I think, on that uh, uh, part of that 60-man roster to pick from. Adley Rutschman. Again, we talked about this last week, but it's been a couple of weeks, so I figure I'll refresh you. These are guys that probably won't make their Major League debuts this year, but guys who the Orioles want to develop and they don't want to lose a full year. So that's something we can look forward to is those guys getting a little bit of extra development when a lot of guys aren't able to do anything baseball-related, at least professionally, this year with the COVID and not having a minor league season and all that. So that's going to do it for me, Paul Valley here on the payoff pitch. Again, I'm sorry for a shorter show. Just guys are running out of things to talk about. So by the time we do it, the next show, though, we'll uh, be able to talk about the upcoming games. We'll be able to talk about some inter-squad games and give you some updates on how some guys are looking in camp. Chris Davis has continued to look really well from all reports um, in camp, it's like, it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. If you saw the picture of this guy that they posted on social media, he is absolutely jacked. The dude is, he, he looks like a monster. He looks like he could bench press a bus. So, but you can bench press as many buses as you want. If you can't hit the ball out of the ballpark, it doesn't really mean anything. But we managed to be seen. We'll talk about that next week. Until then, as always, go O's. Thanks for tuning in.